Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe, and we both have stories for you today as part one of Ooh. season two of our Haunted College Tour Palooza. Today we're visiting Kentucky. Yes, I did not get them mixed up. We're doing Kentucky. Yeah, we were doing Kentucky today. Okay. okay. <laughs> but before we get into that, how's life? Well, for reasons, I am having a lot of hmm, free time at the moment. Really? Over the past month. <laughs> yes, yes. It turns out when you have a broken leg and you have no brain power, you don't really have the ability to do many things. So I decided to, with my limited brain power, take a needle into my hands and begin a hobby pick up a hobby of mine that I briefly had at the start of the pandemic. You know, back when like we thought like, oh, just this gonna be a couple months, fill up our days with hobbies, learn the guitar. Well, I got really into embroidery for about 24 hours back at the start of the pandemic. And now I have decided to take up one of the many, many, many embroidery kits I have um, accumulated because I've kept wanting to get back into embroidery. And I kept putting it down at the first thing. So, Amanda, thank you so much for getting me these embroidery kits. I am now finally six months, seven months later, eight months later, uh, <laughs> picking it up and doing the one with all the flowers. I'll send you a photo when I'm done. All right. I'm enjoying it. That's How's good. Your, how's your life? Uh, uh, my life's good. Robin, we met yesterday. and we did. I did want to tell you something, but you're like, no, save it for the pod. So, Robin. Oh, please, you were also like, save it for the pod. Yeah, well, I, my original plan. <laughs> my original plan was to save it for the pod, but then I was like, no, I'm just going to tell you. And you're like, no, 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 save it for the pod. So. Okay, okay. As I've said on this podcast before, in August, during a time that I'm not releasing Into the Wild, Kari. Ate, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kari is going on a trip and he's leaving the day before I'm going on my trip. So there is going to be a total of one night that I'm going to be in my apartment alone for the first time since we moved in. Zoe, are you going to do what I think you're going to do? I'm totally going to do with a Ouija board. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. I love it so much. I totally thought you were going to say something where I was going to be like, oh, Zoe, I'm so excited for you. So proud for you. And I'm like, no, Zoe, don't do it. <laughs> I'm going to do the Ouija board. Don't do it. I'm so excited. Okay. And eventually when I can go up your three, whatever, I can I can get to your apartment and then, you know, ghosts will just automatically possess me. Yes. So, so thanks for that. You're welcome. It'll probably be gone by the time you can make it up here again. But I'm so you excited. You should make a TikTok of it. I honestly am planning. Okay, cool. By the way, Insta Reels are all about aesthetic, I'm learning. So just do the aesthetic of putting up, like, the candles and the Ouija board and stuff. And then Insta can deal. And then TikTok is for the actual narrative of things. Just things I've been learning as I'm on Insta Reels and TikTok all the time now. Everything on my Insta Reels is just TikToks that I saw three months ago. (laughs) They're just trying to maximize their audience. (laughs) But yes. You know, you know. I am ox- I wish I was a person who could just do Ouija boards with abandon, but I cannot. And so I'm kind of happy for you, but also I don't want to be you. And also don't think 
it should be done but also i respect you and also <laughs> i think you're probably gonna have a great time and i think everything is probably gonna be all right but the thing is there's just a chance it might not be but anyway good for you i'm gonna summon all the ghosts and i'm going to invite them to share my body with me um that's a little <laughs> bit of a spoiler for next episode <laughs> <laughs> anyway but yes yeah, so i just wanted to let you know that on some day in august i will be doing a ouija board all by myself probably with a glass of wine in my hand and i'm excited all right well i am happy for you i can't wait wait to hear the results <laughs> um, well do you have a something something for us I do. Thank you for asking. So since today is the start of our haunted college tour palooza, I thought what better way to kick it off than to take a quiz about which Southern college fits each of us best. Okay. So this is what Southern school fits you best by SFM on gotoquiz.com. Okay. And the way I've done it is the way I've done quizzes previously with you, Zoe, where we kind of take it simultaneously, but I've already taken it and I already will have my answers. And so we'll just go through question through question and kind of we'll both reveal our answers. So, Zoe. Okay. What is your age? Under 18, 18 to 24, 25 to 30, 25, 31 to 40, 41 to 50, 51 to 60, or over 60 years old? 18 to 24 for the next, like, 20 days. <laughs> wow, you are so young. Um, I had to pick the 25 to 30 crowd. Oh, my God, I'm in my mid-20s. Yeah, you're in the quarter-life crisis. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll just take a moment with that one. Uh, what is your gender? They only give male and female. Yeah, that's probably just, just to rule out non like, like women's, women's college. Yeah, but go ahead and put they, female. They could have phrased it differently. Okay, uh, female. Um, do you prefer a city or a college town? City, definitely city. I selected city too. Would you rather be closer to the mountains or the ocean? I always hate those questions because I don't particularly like either. So I guess ocean. Um, actually, neither is an option. Neither oh, is an option. Neither. Neither. I honestly didn't think neither would be one of the things you would pick. Oh. I didn't mention it. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, so I picked ocean. I feel like, apparently, this is asked in North, I learned that this is asked in North Carolina a lot because I was asked a lot in North Carolina. It was like, do you prefer the mountains or the ocean? And the thing is, everybody wants you to say mountains. And mm -hmm. if you say ocean, they really kind of judge you for being basic. <laughs> I like the beach. I like the ocean. Mine was ocean too. Yeah. How serious do you take sports? Not at all. One, I cheer for, I have to go through the options. So sorry. <laughs> One, I cheer for a winning team with a big program. Two, I'll always cheer for my team, but I won't go crazy over a loss. Three, win, lose, big, or draw. Big is not an op... Win, lose, big, or small. <laughs> That's not an option. I don't know. I'm a diehard fan no matter what. I, four, I like to tailgate, but I don't care that much about how we do. Five, sports are cool, but it's not my life. So there, there's really not a not at all option. But um, I guess... I made the best... I guess... The closest are the tailgating one, and the sports are cool, but not my life. Um, see, I didn't even tailgate. I hate tailgating culture not culture but i, I the, the idea of being with a bunch of sweaty strangers outside in a crowded parking lot does not make me go yeah i should go 
Um, so I guess sports are cool. I just like the food option of it. Okay. Sports are cool, but not my life. Mm-hmm. That's also what I picked, which is kind of funny because I, I think I like sports more than you do. Um, but I definitely, none of the others still applied to me. There, This one doesn't really have the full spectrum of it. No. Uh, six. What type of crowd do you like to surround yourself with? One, laid back. Two, preppy. Three, privileged. I thought that was an interesting option. Yeah. Four, rowdy. Or five, intelligent. Chill. The laid back one. I also chose laid back, but only... Okay, so I was thinking, well, maybe intelligent, you know, have some smart conversations. But I really feel like if you are with a crowd of people who label themselves the intelligent crowd, then, like, you are going to be a part of the worst conversations ever. Yeah, it's going to be exhausting real quick. Exhausting real quick. Boring, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Seven. I love the range of options it gives for this one. How serious do you take Greek life? It's all that matters. It's just a close group of friends. I'm here for a good time, or it's just something to be a part of. How about... So you are in Greek life in this scenario. <laughs> how about Greek life should be banned from campuses? Is that an option? <laughs> It's not an option, so... <laughs> I guess that is last that all that one. matters to you? <laughs> Just something to be a part of. That is also what I picked. We are actually... We're probably going to get into the same school. So we've, we've, we've said almost, almost everything the same. What is your favorite food? Fried chicken, brisket, crawfish, pulled pork, or jambalaya? I guess of those options, I guess I have to go with fried chicken. Okay. I went with brisket. What is your favorite sport to watch? Football, basketball, or baseball? I have seen football games before. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your final answer? Yes. I mean, I think I've seen one basketball game, and it was middle school second team. And I haven't seen a baseball game since I was in elementary school. Okay. So I chose... Well, I pretty much equally love watching basketball and baseball, but Gamecocks women basketball number one in the nation so i just decided to give them a prop and i picked basketball for myself okay uh number 10 based on your sat and gpa what type of school could you get into i'm gonna answer this for you but the options are hard good and party school and zoe you got into honors so i'm gonna i put hard for you no matter what you say okay yeah no i would be (laughs) falsely modest if i said medium or whatever the middle option was the, the middle option was good. Okay. I chose good for myself because... You got into the thing, right? GP, I, I, you got into I capstone, right? I didn't get into right? the same thing. Yeah, but that wasn't like the same thing, you know, as honors. My GPA, I kept thinking that I should be in honors math all throughout high school, except for my senior year, when I finally accepted that, no, I really shouldn't be in honors math. And my grades reflected the fact that I kept choosing wrong. So that's really kind of what dragged me down. I didn't have a bad GPA by any means, but I don't think it's like, I read hard is kind of like Ivy League or close to Ivy League, and I wouldn't be able to safely say that. Gotcha. By any means. What do you like to do on a weekend night? Go out to clubs, chill at a small bar, party in the frat house, or study? I guess study, since my entire Saturday has been dedicated to haunted hospitality and watching TikToks. Okay, my Saturday was also dedicated to haunted hospitality, but I picked for myself chill at a small bar because it's what would you like to do on a weekend night? Not that I don't love this, but (laughs) I would also love to chill at a small bar sometime. If it had an Mm. option for like chilling at a small house party with only your friends, 
where there happens to be alcohol. Oh, for sure. That would be my answer. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. 12. Where would you prefer to live? Fraternity house, home with a couple friends, student apartment, or city apartment? City apartment. I see, I read home as like a house with a couple of friends, but okay. City apartment. I put myself house with a couple friends because I kind of like Did house that? vibes. Okay. Okay. I'm submitting answers. Ah! Zoe, we are going to the same school. Where are we going? University of Houston. It says, You enjoy the big city life more than a crowded college town. Although it's in the heart of the big city, the Cougars are much more laid back than other stuck-up private schools. You're prepared to stay loyal even if your dream team... Even if your team gets overshadowed by the bigger programs. Alright. So, we are not covering the University of Houston. At mm. least not today. Maybe in the future. Or for back, but no. that is my something southern. We got the same place. In every eventuality, we go to the same school, Zoe. Yeah. <sighs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get started with Kentucky. Okay. I guess I'll kick us off. But before we do, Robin, do you have any trigger warnings for your episode? Uh, yes, I have a content warning for suicide. Ah, same here. Same here. I start, I went to the Western Kentucky University. Western Kentucky University's website is like obsessed with the fact that they have ghosts. And honestly, this might have been able to be a full episode just on its own. I did keep it a little bit short, but there are several buildings that are haunted and pretty much the only source I had to pull from was the Western Kentucky University's website. So just a little bit of where Western Kentucky University is, or WKU, so I don't have to keep saying that. They were established in 1906, and they are in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So let's start. I'm going to break it down by the building, like which, like each building within the campus. So the first one is the Barnes-Campbell Hall. In 1967, R.A. James Duval was on the fifth floor, and he had come across an elevator key while he was an R.A. there. He wasn't supposed to have one, but there was an elevator that often got stuck. And so it got to the point where all the students knew that if the elevator was stuck, they'd call him. And what he would do is he would use the elevator key to open the elevator doors. And he was able to like lean into the elevator shaft and flip a switch and it would trigger the elevator to move again. And he's done it several times. It got to the point where everybody knew you go to him if the elevator stuck because the whoever is technically supposed to do that would take too long. So there was one day where the elevator got stuck and somebody went to James. He was a little bit delayed in being able to get there because he was in the middle of something. But when he was able to do it, he opened the elevator shaft, leaned in to turn off the switch and got crushed by the elevator that was no longer stuck. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And he was pinned between the elevator and the steel beams on the edges, and he fell to the bottom floor. He was on the fifth floor. He did die of his injuries. But to this day, people will see 
the elevator open on the fifth floor without being called, without pressing the button for floor five, it will also show up. So it's not somebody like on the base level walking in, pressing the number five and walking out. So it'll just show up randomly without anyone in it. And it's usually in the middle of the night. And he's particularly active during spring break because it was spring break when he died. One year in particular, I don't know if it was like a 50th anniversary kind of thing. He turned on all the fifth floor water faucets just randomly one year. Good for him. Yep. (laughs) So I happen to have, I think, skimmed over not the ghost part of that, but like the actual death part of that. Because when we decided we were doing Kentucky first, I was kind of like skimming through university things. So I'm actually really glad I saw that ahead of time because like... Because otherwise it's just a big shock. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're uh, talking about ghosts, and I'm talking about a guy reaching into an elevator We are talking about shaft. ghosts, inherently death. Yeah. Yeah. I should have seen that coming. Okay. <laughs> he seems friendly as a ghost. Yeah, if the worst thing you're doing as a ghost is just calling the elevator, that's not bad. Maybe occasionally no. turning on all the water. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> okay. A little bit wasteful, but we'll forgive you. <laughs> All right, the next one is in the Florence Schneider Hall. This one sounded a little folklore to me until, like, I saw a couple or other sources saying the same thing. Obviously, with stories like this, because this apparently happened in the 1970s, the story changes. I'm sorry, 1940s, not 1970s. 1970s was when it was in the newspaper, as they were, like, looking back, I guess. But in the 1940s, during spring break, a man who was not mentally well climbed up the fire escape in this dorm with an axe on his back. He opened up the window and then went down like half of a flight of stairs and there were two rooms across the hall from each other. He went into one and it says like he was surprised to see somebody living there because this again was spring break. And so one source said that the person who was sleeping in the room was a counselor. Another source said that it was a student who just stayed behind. So the man walked in and woke her up and she just like stared at him like, why is there a man in my room? And he took the ax and buried it into her head. And then he ran away and back down the, the fire escape. Judy survived the original axing but she was able to pull herself out of bed He had left the door open, and so she crawled across the hall and started scratching at the door of the girl who lived across the hall from her. But the girl who lived across the hall had heard what was going on and heard the man's footsteps, heard Judy scream, and she didn't know if it was safe. And so she... Yeah, you don't know who's scratching at your door. Yeah, And so she didn't open the door. And then the next morning, she opened the door and found Judy dead with the axe still in her head. And her fingers were apparently bloody from scratching at the door until she died. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is so dark. Yeah. And I'm finding this on the website, like the university's website. Oh, my God. And that's why I'm like, it kind of read as folklore to me just because like, It does. The way they were just telling it, it was like, and she looked at him shocked. And it was just like, well, how would you know that? Technically, the only details you should know are that, you know? So there's some storytelling license there, it sounds like, which I mean, it's their 
colleges storytell to license. That's not a sentence. <laughs> no. Okay. okay. But yeah, so that is how she died. So apparently she's still seen in the hallway where she died, especially during spring break. Residents will hear footsteps. They will see doors slam shut with no one around and people will get locked inside of bathrooms. Judy is also seen sitting in windows. She'll rearrange the furniture of the floor and she'll turn off and on electronics like alarm clocks and computers. During spring break, she'll scratch at the doors and relive her last moments in the hallway. So that's terrifying. Imagine coming back from spring break and then you see like your door has some scratches on it and you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. A good thing happened here. Yeah. And then there's also cold spots and items that will go missing and then reappear after some time in a mysterious spot. And most people who live there say that they will feel like they're watched even when they're in their room alone. One comment. Mm-hmm. Every single building that is going to be in the university I cover, it's always like, by the way, nobody ever feels alone here. Like, and not in a heartwarming way. It's like, <laughs> you're, some, you're being watched. Yeah. I, I, that is a common theme within mine as well. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky, we we see you. We do see you. That should be their state slogan. We see, we you. see you. As in they see us. Not oh. us, but us. Oh. <laughs> all right. So the next one, um, so this is all of Greek Village, but unlike at USC where they had like Greek Village and all the houses belong to the Greek sororities and fraternities, it seems like they literally just buy random houses throughout the city and they're like, yeah, this is now the Phi Delta Theta house. So <laughs> it's it's not. That makes sense. Yeah. So it's like not, the movie Neighbors. Never seen it. Is where that Zach the one? Where is part of a fraternity that moves in next to Seth Rogen. Yeah. Okay. I have seen the previews for it, but I have not seen it. But. Okay. So the Phi Delta Theta house has rattling pipes. Very spooky. They also... So this is kind of, like, really hard to explain. But, okay. So they have staircases, right? And staircases have railings. Like, banisters. I'm I'm familiar. Yeah. And so... (laughs) (laughs) And so... (laughs) The handrail is connected to the stairs with the railings. (laughs) The sticky things. Yeah. So apparently some of those railings are missing. So like there'll be two or three missing per flight. But if you pay attention, let's say you walk in today, right? And if you pay attention, you're like, okay, the third one's missing and the sixth one is missing. And then you go back in two weeks, the fourth one and like the eighth one will be missing. And so that's a ghost. Is, is there, like, a certain time of night when, like, you can see one railing getting picked up and jiggled <laughs> out of its place? I don't, I don't know. And then the other one. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's just, like, okay. that's a ghost. <laughs> um, so, moving on. 
to the Delta Tau Delta house. Uh, a boy. You, okay, can I just say I love how uncertainly you pronounce all of these <laughs> fraternity sorority names. Okay, I know Delta. I have no. I've never heard of Tau. Okay, T A U. Okay. 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 So okay. the Delta Tau Delta house. There was a boy named Bell, Billy Lester, and he died in the 1980s. And he still haunts his old room, which is now called Billy's room. And when the resident is gone, whoever's living there at the moment, others on the hall will see that room door opening and closing on its own. And the radio will start and stop on its own as well. I like that. He's just living his life. He's leaving his room. He's coming, He's coming back. back. Jamming to some music. He's listening to some music. Some NPR. He's just... He's just having a day he is know? he is so the lambda chi alpha house was that confident enough for you no <laughs> did i pronounce it wrong i don't know okay i think it would probably be chai is it c-h-i yeah i think it'd probably be like lambda chai something okay lambda chai alpha cloud house now i can't pronounce english okay mm-hmm the Lambda Chai Alpha house had a death there as well before they bought it. It was a young girl. People have seen her spirit run across the front lawn, and many believe she's the spirit of someone who was killed in the building. Once, really? Yeah. Once a resident was going to sleep with a candle at his bedside table, which is not very safe, it was lit, and he woke up to the candle still lit at the foot of his bed like on the mattress there has been a chandelier that turns on and off without someone flicking the light switch and there's a fireplace that will spontaneously light and students will wake up to find that things had moved around or gone missing in their sleep okay i really like the candle thing yeah i'm like because like Things showing up. You shouldn't be going to bed with a lit candle anyways. Like, that's really well, dangerous. No, you shouldn't. But I don't think, I don't think the foreseeable repercussion is a ghost will put it at your feet. Wait, you um, don't think of that? There's just, no. But there's just something so ritualistic feeling about ghosts being at the end of your bed. Like, it's, in these stories, like, you know, it's hardly ever like, they're not beside your bed. When you when like we, we read of ghost stories where you know you wake up and there's something it's always like either over you or at the end of your bed and isn't that so interesting because like if they're at the end of your bed like the purpose has to be to watch you yeah. right because it's dead on to you anyway i'll sleep well tonight um <laughs> what's the next story <laughs> let's see in in the kappa sigma house there's a cowboy named jim and they spoke to him via Ouija board. Jim claims that their house is his own personal purgatory. I don't know why. Oh, shoot. But he has a routine where he will go through the house and visit each room at the same time every day. Really? Yeah. So he'll, like, follow the same routine. So every day, if you're in room whatever, at 3 p.m., you'll feel his presence. He might pick up a thing or two. And then he'll be gone, and he'll be in the next room. 100%, I would shape my class schedule around that, as in I would be out of there at 
that time. No, not to be there, Zoe. I see your face. <laughs> I was nodding in agreement, like, yeah, I would, so I could be there every time he comes visit. <laughs> in case you can't tell, I'm a person, listeners, I'm a person who wants to avoid these things, and Zoe full on wants to run at them. Yes. Hence the Ouija board discussion earlier. Um, mm hmm. So then the last Greek hall house I have is the Sigma Alpha Epsilon house that was once a Civil War hospital that apparently was the most haunted of all of them, and it burned down in April of 2005. So in the Civil War uh -huh. hospital house, people say that there is a young soldier named Kevin who died in the hospital and is trapped in the house. Now, they don't say what part of the war he fought in, but given that this is Kentucky, I'm guessing he was a Confederate soldier. Um, actually, I think, can I do a quick Google at that? Because actually, I'm pretty sure that Kentucky... There is something, I mean, go ahead and Google it, but there is something else that does mention another soldier, unless I'm getting it mis mixed up with my Mississippi school. Well, I'm just, I think I, I thought I saw a thing recently that said, like, Kentucky was part of the Union. Oh. Um, you know, I'm going to... We should know this. I don't know this. It looks like the answer might be a little bit complicated. I'll give you all an update next episode. Okay. That's my life update. I'll be like, Kentucky was this. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, they did communicate with him with, the, with Ouija board. That's how they learned his name and that he was there and that his favorite number is seven. I love when you're asking a ghost a question, one of your first thoughts is, what's your favorite number? Anyway, so <laughs> he has been seen standing alone on the dance floor. During finals one year, there was a few students st studying in the house together. I think it said three of them. And the answering machine came on without the phone ringing. And one of them said, at least it isn't leaving any messages. And immediately the phone rang. One of them answered, but there wasn't anyone else on the other end. So they think it's him trying to talk to them. The ghost has been seen several times, especially in the reflections of mirrors. So you'll look into a mirror and see him behind you. And he is described as a tall, slender man in a military uniform. And he's wearing a long overcoat and a hat. People will also see his shadows on the wall and hear his footsteps walking through the hallways. Hmm. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. Anything where somebody shows up in a reflection? Automatically so creepy. Very. In room seven, just once, the lights all went out, including the refrigerator light, which I'm like, why is there a refrigerator? But maybe it was a mini fridge. But all the lights went out and the door was slammed shut. And in another room once, the fan kept turning on. So it was like one of those desk fans, but it was on a shelf and it kept turning on. And it does have a remote, but the person who told the story didn't know where the remote is. And so the student would get up, so the fan kept turning on, and the student got up to turn it off, and then he would sit back down, and then the fan would come back on, and so he'd get up and turn it off, and he thought his roommate was trying to play a prank on him. Like, his roommate found the fan remote and was just messing with him, 
So he got up and started yelling into the other room, like, knock it off. And when he started yelling, the fan, like, fell off the shelf that it was on. And so he was thoroughly creeped out and went into his roommate's room and discovered that his roommate wasn't home. Ooh. Yeah. So that was creepy. (laughs) But that is all I have for the Greek life. The next one is the McLean Mm -hmm. Hall. So this one is named after Maddie McLean. She was a student there herself, and she was a faculty person there, and she loved this hall, and it was named after her. And during her life, she would walk through the hall, and she was called, like, a motherly person to the students who stayed there. Okay. So one day after she passed, like, many years after she passed, three students decided to reach out via Ouija board and ask if she was still in the house. They got communication back that said that she was, in fact, there, and they asked her to show herself to them, and so she said she would, and so they turned off all the lights, and they saw a bright light appear before them, and in that light, they saw a woman with gray hair, lighter gray face, and even lighter gray outfit on, and they believed that was Maddie McLean. Do you usually get such an apparition from a Ouija board? I mean, I don't know. Maybe if you're calling the spirit out by name, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just found that interesting. And I don't think that's like via Ouija board. I think that's they were talking to her via Ouija board and then she decided to show herself kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. And so they asked her questions about her life and she was able to answer almost all of them. And then they took her answers and did some research after the fact and found that her answers were accurate to what they were able to research. And other students have reported feeling her presence there. They've heard her in the hallways and they say that they always feel loved. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah. Then going from that sweet one to something less sweet and the Pierce Ford Tower, which I think is 27 floors, there was a male resident who decided that he did not like taking showers on his floor. He wanted to go to another floor to take showers, which I'm like, why? Maybe his floor was just not good. Depending on the source, he either would regularly go a couple floors up or a couple floors down to go take a shower. And one day he came out of the shower. He had, he was still wet, dripping water, and he had a towel around his waist and he walked over to the elevator And he pressed the button to call the elevator and the elevator door opened and he stepped in and fell 20 floors to his death. Yeah. Holy shit. Another elevator story. What is it with this campus and elevators? Yeah. If you're going to um, Western Kentucky University, please double check your elevators. Oh my God. So every year on the day of his death, wet footprints will reappear in a path from the bathroom to the elevator on the 20th floor. All right. Another source, this was not on the college website, but another source said that there was also a construction worker when the building was being built in 1970 who also fell to his death in the elevator shaft. And when the dorm is closed for breaks... The elevators will go up and down and open on random floors and then shut, all without buttons being pressed. And you can see it apparently on security footage. 
Brilliant. I would take the stairs. Um, <laughs> there's just not good luck there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then the next one is the Van Meter Hall. So this one has three stories, all trying to explain a mysterious blue light that appears at night. So. Okay. In two of the stories, it's a ghost and it happens to give off a blue light. And the third one, it's a little bit different. But the first two stories, the most commonly known one is that in 1909, a construction worker fell through the skylight. So a lot of falling deaths here. But he fell through a skylight into the lobby because this um, hall has a, it's like a, I think it said 2,000 or 20,000. I know that's a big difference. Auditorium with a stage and everything. And so it has a lobby and he fell through the skylight into the lobby and he died from his injuries from falling and he bled out to death and there was a lot of blood there and the story goes that every time they wash the floor his blood comes back and they have to like scrub that spot yeah (laughs) okay So the other version of the story was that in 1940, a student was on the stage and he was fixing the overhead lights, like the stage lights, and he fell to his death onto the stage and bled out to death. And his blood couldn't be cleaned up from the stage floor to the point that they had to tear up the floor and put down a new one. Really? Yeah. That, that's the second story. And then the there is a mix between those two where it says that the construction worker fell from the skylight onto the stage floor, but there was never any skylights over the stage because that would just be stupid design mm-hmm. because that would ruin your lighting for the stage. But most people who believe that one say that, oh, they just rebuilt it. So that's why there aren't any skylights anymore. But that one's probably the least likely to be true. Or this third story, depending on how you feel, might be the least likely to be true. So the third story is that there are caverns underneath the school. Like a system of caves. Yes! And (laughs) that there is a hermit living in those caverns. And he has a glowing blue lantern, which is why there's that blue light. And he has found a secret passageway into the Van Meter Hall. And he just goes there occasionally. I will always go with the cave option. You know, it really was giving me three-eyed man or third-eyed man vibes. Third-eyed man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Does this... Blue Lantern guy happened to wear silver reflective <laughs> clothes and eat raw chicken. They did not go into that much detail, but honestly, with the lantern, I was picturing like a wizard's cloak. <laughs> I love that too. I was picturing the guy on, um, you know, Polar Express? Mm-hmm. I was picturing the guy who, the ghost guy who lives on top of the train. Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, okay, so for ghosty things, people will see an apparition of a man or feel his presence. Um, They don't know if necessarily it is the student or the construction worker or maybe the hermit. But whatever ghost it is, 
He likes to play with the lights by turning them on and off. He likes to play with the curtains on the stage by moving them around. He moves around the music stands and the tables, and he will turn computers on and off. And people who believe that it's a construction worker says that there's also his wife and daughter who walk around the, um, the lobby and that they will sing and talk in voices that no one can understand. Interesting. Yeah. So the last one that I have for you is the Rhodes Harlan Hall. So there are a couple other buildings on campus that are haunted, but I'm skipping over them. But this one, a student jumped to her death off the ninth floor because, of, I mean, they just called her a sad student, which I'm like, I feel like it's a little bit deeper than that, but okay. So she jumped off the roof and it's a nine floor flory. Yeah, it has nine floors. And in the weeks following her death, this is the thing that would mess me up. The roommate would hear knocking on her door, and the roommate would open the door and nobody would be there in the weeks following her death, which is really sad. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And then after that, more people started hearing scratches and knocks and taps on their doors and even windows, like windows on the fourth or fifth or sixth or ninth floor. They'll hear somebody tapping as if she's uh -uh. I'm just... I'm sorry, no. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And then on the ninth floor, students have reported hearing footsteps walk to the roof so they can hear it down the hall, up the stairs, and on the roof. And then on the anniversary of her death, if you're driving or walking by, you can see her in the exact spot on the roof where she jumped from. Really? Yeah. And I think that one freaks oh, me out the most. <laughs> like, it's just so sad. Yeah. It is. It is. Just, they also heard the scratches coming up? Because that just makes me think of the other person. The scratches? The on the door. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it depended. Building, right? It depended on where I saw it, Um, whether they called it knocking, tapping, or scratches. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Not just, sure. that was my last story, but real quick, the ghost hunters, not the ghost adventurers so not zach baggins um but the ghost hunters have been to this college it's season eight episode 24 um i did not watch it because it's pretty lengthy already for half of an episode but if you're interested you can go watch that mm -hmm. episode and it's called higher deducation of course it is yeah <laughs> um okay so i love that western kentucky university is super excited about how haunted it is I love in general when colleges and universities are like really pumped about a ghost. Yeah. Okay, so remember how I told you yesterday that I was just like having a hard time finding a Kentucky university that wasn't Western Kentucky University because they, they had it all there mm -hmm. um, that had enough to really like have enough meat for me to talk about for a bit. Well, I kept reading on this one and trust me, Moorhead State University has it. Okay. In spades. So I'm going to talk about there. It was, it was founded in 1887 in Moorhead, Kentucky. It was originally called the Moorhead Normal School. I know, I know. It's a funny name, Normal. What, what yep. does that mean? <laughs> uh, it was originally a school that just took place in this one cottage. And it was for training teachers specifically. And it was private at that time and sponsored by a church. But in 1922, the State General Assembly made it into a public state-backed school and called it the Moorhead State 
normal school, as in, so we went we were from More, Moorhead Normal School to Moorhead State Normal School. Mm-hmm. Then a year later, it was called the Moorhead State Normal School and Teachers College. Then seven years later, in 1930, it was called the Moorhead State Teachers College. Then in 1948, it was called Moorhead State College. And then finally, in 1966, is what we know and love today, Moorhead State University. Okay. There are several haunted buildings in this one. The first of which I'm going to talk about is Nun Hall. Probably there were two buildings that seemed to have the most, people seem to have the most to say about it. This is, I think, maybe the lesser of the two, but it's still pretty high up there. So it starts off with a legend that unfortunately has a very real backstory to it but the the legend is that somebody named Penelope a student there lived on the seventh floor of Nun Hall and for some reason she was up on the ninth floor I don't know why there was like that discrepancy there but it did point that out and that she was heartbroken from a relationship and she jumped off and committed suicide there sometime in the 1970s now that did not actually happen but just so you know like that's like the idea that like everybody calls the things that happen in that building like they say oh it's penelope like that ghost but that's the end of it but like the real thing that happened sorry you were saying something you said from the ninth floor yeah the last story i literally just covered from western was the girl who jumped from the ninth floor Uh, yeah i thought that was kind of odd that's Um, so weird that that was my last story and your first that's weird wow It happens like that sometimes. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But unfortunately, it did have like a very real actual backstory that spurred the legend because in 1971, a real 20-year-old student named Dora did accidentally die at Nun Hall. She didn't live there, but she was a student who lived in a nearby dorm and she was visiting a friend at Nun Hall and she accidentally fell out the window actually Um, and she did pass away so there's lots of things happening in nun hall and today i don't know i read kind of a somewhat recent you know school newspaper article that like you know i think surveyed people who lived in nun hall and a lot of them were like no i don't believe in ghosts well this weird thing happened but i'm sure it wasn't a ghost (laughs) and so i'm just gonna (laughs) But, but I mean, there are like weird things that seem to be happening there. So one is the disembodied sound of heels on the hall floors. Okay. 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 Someone like left their bed without making it one morning and then came back and it was made. Oh, okay. So I guess the implication is it was Penelope. People hanging out in their rooms. This is a start of it. Feel like they're not by themselves. Gotcha. They feel like somebody is there with them. Just take that line and just ditto it already for all of the other buildings i'm going to talk about in this one things happen like a tv that was safely in place fell down inexplicably tvs will also turn on without anybody doing anything lights will turn on without anybody doing anything people report objects moving and i i think that this is one of the situations like remember when i asked like okay, do they jiggle the railings out and do you see it floating and stuff? It's one of those things where I'm pretty sure they're not saying like, oh, well, I saw that move like actively from here over to this way. I think they're saying like, I came back and things were in a different 
position or place than when I had been there before. Because I think, like, people will, if they see something actually move in front of them, they won't just say it moved. They'll say, oh, my God, it did this thing and it yeah. moved this way. Like a much more detailed, dramatic account. One person, she, she was in the shower and she specifically says, that, like, this is a recurring thing when she's in the shower. She hears doors opening, things moving around. This is one of the situations where she doesn't think it's a ghost. But, like, I would be freaked out if it were me. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously you're in a dorm, things are happening, but, like... No, 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 no. One person uh, heard someone knock on their dorm door so loudly that the windows shook. Okay. I don't know if that's a ghost, but it's very aggressive. Very. The elevator stops at Penelope's legendary floor, floor, floor seven, all the time without anyone calling it there. Also, one person says that she feels like there's something or someone quite eerie in the elevator. I wanted to give a quick shout out to an elevator in an apartment that I used to live in because it would always open up on my floor as I was coming out of my apartment needing to call the elevator. And I would just like to thank that elevator ghost for making my trip to classes faster. Okay. One student did say, and this is the last one for this one, uh, they say that they saw a young woman standing at the end of the hallway in none, and then that figure disappeared. Ooh. So perhaps... It was Penelope herself. Now we go to the one, basically, I think I'm going to call this one the one that the theater kids got a hold of because I, I love, love stories that theater kids have anything to do with, ghost stories, because um, they are some good ghost stories. These people remember things, they remember them well, and they are very affected by it. They are not discounting anything as not a ghost. There is not a theater in this world that is not reportedly haunted. <laughs> so uh, this one is I'm I'm gonna I'm combining two into to one like little subhead. I have my notes. So Button Auditorium and Fields Hall. These are two buildings on campus that are very very close to each other. So I'm gonna start the story in the 1930s. There was this. Do you know what a fly system is in theaters? You mean like where? They like the zip lines for to make the people fly. Is that what it is? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. So it's like a, a very complicated thing of like ropes backstage and it helps control the curtains and the lightings and just you're very like precise like okay now we pull it mm -hmm. you know so apparently reportedly and a lot of these i don't know if it's the folklore i don't know if it's like actually rooted in anything real um but these are the stories of the place so i'm going to tell them as the stories of the place so in 1930 a woman hanged herself via the fly system Ooh. in button auditorium backstage i don't have any more information on that other than the time after that it seems that odd things started happening so fields hall beside button i believe it was a dorm and there used to be a pond in between the two buildings and in the 1930s and remember she hanged herself in the in 1930 in 1930s it was a well-known tale in the town and area there that there was a ghost that would be around the pond and it was seen at least one time and that same year that she died 1930 doors and windows were randomly opening and closing in fields hall in the 1930s and really scared the female students that lived there so wanted to tell you that bit on to 
other ghosts that haunt Button Auditorium specifically. So the one that is most well-known probably is Kate, and she is believed to be a janitor who accidentally died while she was in the building. She was on the balcony, and she was leaning over to clean a clock, mm-hmm. like leaning over the railing to clean a clock, and she accidentally leaned too far over, and she fell and she passed away. Mm-hmm. So... You know, people think that she is still around there. She is considered very much a motherly figure there, a very good ghost. And in fact, there is one story where she might have actually saved a person because these people were rehearsing on the button stage and this one performer just kind of like lurched forward into like kind of where the orchestra would typically be seated below the stage right before this like stage scenery way up above her came like crashing down where she had just been and so the thought was that perhaps kate pushed her out of the way just because it seemed like a really weird fault to make right when it needed to happen right there's also lighting that goes haywire in button and people say that it's kate and i'm like why do you say it's her there's other options. Like, I don't know. There just seems to be, like, lots of things that potentially haunt this auditorium. There is a little girl who people believe or say, I don't know, died during construction of the building. Okay. And this one's really sad. She's always crying and she wants her mom. Aww. I know. I know. I know. I can't think about that one too much. But people hear footsteps, by the way, when they're there. And the sound of someone speaking a lot when they're there at night. One performer had forgotten her purse in the women's dressing room and so this was at night and she realized it at night and she went back by herself to get it she was walking upstairs to the dressing room and she so as she's on the stairs she's sees light you know from the dressing room like i guess you can kind of see that it does have light in it i'm kind of confused by like the spacing of this story but and she hears talking and laughing and stuff and she's like what this doesn't quite make sense but she makes her way to the top of the stairs and by the time she gets to the top well the dressing room is completely empty and dark mm-hmm. nobody's there nobody is saying anything so she ran in got her purse ran out and like the woman in the next little bit i'm about to tell you vowed to never go there by herself at night again <laughs> so, the next woman in the story I'm about to tell you had a some not exactly the same experience, but a, a similar in that it, she was there alone at night. So her name is Octavia Biggs Fleck, and she was a theater student at More student at Morehead in the 1980s. She used to go to Button at night by herself because there was a seam room, I guess, where you would go to kind of like work on costumes and repair them and stuff, and it had a washer and dryer in there. And while well, she would just go in and secretly use the washer and dryer. Okay. And she was just on stage doing certain things, hanging out while her clothes were washing. And she said she heard a weird noise from the direction of the seam room. So she gets up, goes to it. And by the way, nobody else is in the auditorium. Okay. Just so you know. She goes to the seam room and the washer is off and the lid to the washer is up. Okay. Where her clothes had been. So her thing is well what could have done that so she skedaddled and she also vowed never to go there alone at night again so she just left her clothes uh, there you, um, i was wondering about the mechanics of that <laughs> i think i would i'd be like okay you're y'all are gonna be wet for a bit <laughs> <laughs> but then again if you're doing it in secret it's gonna be like okay well these are robin's jeans yeah I don't know. especially if it's like would people recognize jeans 
Well, I mean, they might recognize shirts or like I don't know if yeah, like probably she probably didn't write her name on her underwear, but I know that's like a trope. But I I don't know. I think I would be like embarrassed if I was washing any underwear or bras or anything like that. Like, mm, I'd rather face a ghost than face somebody who might be cruel and hang out my literal laundry for everyone to see. I wonder if my thought process so in my mind, night stops at 4.59 a.m. Okay. And after that, it become, at 5, it becomes morning. And there's something that flips in my brain with that, too, where if it is morning time, I feel so much more comfortable being in a space that I would be terrified to be in at night. Okay. So I feel like what I'm leading to is I think I would vow to be back there at, like, 6.30 a.m. Okay. To get my clothes. I guess that could work. <laughs> I would also, I guess, not sleep. Um, so... <laughs> Two former students have said that when they were in the theater, they felt like somebody had their hands around their necks, which is like a swift divergence from like all of the kind of happy-go-lucky ghost stuff that was happening before. And one time a girl was in the theater. Oh, yeah, this one. Okay, 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 okay. So she was in this area room that that had like a counter. I wonder if it was like somewhat of a kitchen sort of thing. I don't know. And because it had a dish towel on the counter. And apparently she like looked at the dish towel and like the reason I say she looked at the dish towel is just because like she must have noticed it in some way and be like, okay, there's a dish towel because she looked away and then she looked back towards it or something. And when she did, there was a plaster mask on top of the dish towel. And so plaster masks are like, you can paint them, but like otherwise they are this, like there there's full face mask, you know, you cut out for your eyes and cut out for your mouth and it can look really, really creepy. Mm-hmm. And ahem, no matter what, people are who, who are there by themselves always seem to sense that someone is there with them. Got it. <laughs> okay, on to Breckenridge Hall. This is also, oh, I was melding these two together in my mind. Okay. Okay, Breckenridge Hall is also haunted. And there's also theater kid reasons why it's haunted here. Got it. And I okay. love it. It was built in 1929. It has a few different departments going on in it one of which is theater and it has another theater and this theater is named after a woman named lucille caudill little it's called the lucille caudill little theater that comes up but first for the hall overall there there's other than the theater itself there seems to be something here that has an effect but nobody knows the cause which is kind of my favorite kind of ghost story lately so the custodians who are working there overnight have noticed several odd things, uh, including an eerie feeling when they walk past certain rooms. In fact, one custodian named Patty Carper explained to the Trailblazer, which is the student newspaper, that, quote, you can walk into rooms and just get this icy cold feeling or sometimes pass a room and hear someone or something moving in the room. And when you go in, there isn't anything there, end quote. Thank you, Patty. Thank you. <laughs> I just, th- these people know what's up. They yeah. like, they see these places when they are empty and at night. Yes. You, if there is something going on there, they know it. Yeah. They've also apparently seen some sort of apparition in the hallway and have seen cups moving on the table on their own. Okay. So this would be the thing where you're actually seeing the movement happen in front just of you. Sh- Big difference in my opinion. Yeah. Yes, yes. A, a gentle slide across the table. Though, Thank you for the movement, Zoe. Both are <laughs> equally creepy, I would say. 
Unless you have ADHD. Like the coming back in and finding something. Well, it's just, no, I do like the questioning of did something happen versus if I saw something happen in front of me, I would be like, that happened. Right. Okay, I think there is something to be said about the vagueness in between and that being in itself a really creepy space to be in. I just think I would assume that I did something stupid and forgot it. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. <laughs> so students experience lights turn on and off in random spaces of cold air. One professor named Denise Watrons believes that if there is a ghost, and I think at this point we're mostly talking about the theater, then it would be Lucille Caud Caudill Little because so opening night of the very first performance in the theater, Lucille was too elderly to, she, she, she wasn't able to travel. Mm -hmm. And she ended up actually passing away that exact night as that opening performance. And by the way, if it is her, they're saying like it would be a nice ghost, but there's actually some really creepy things that happen. So I'm going to say like, if there's nice things that happen, it's her. If it's creepy, let's just go ahead and say it's somebody else because she seems nice. Okay. Um, I haven't looked her up specifically, but they said that she's a nice person or that she would be nice. So here's what everybody's says backstage because apparently like backstage there is some ghost shenanigans that is quite creepy happening people really have a sense of unease when they are backstage this part really creeped me out when they are backstage they see a woman in a white victorian dress walking past a door or if you're in there if you're backstage she might be standing right behind you and then quickly vanish mm -hmm. because people will, i guess will be like oh ah <laughs> and the thing is like people are seeing her who are not primed to see her like incoming freshmen will see the woman in the white dress and run to the costume department where there are people and they'll be like oh my god i just saw this woman this really scary woman in white backstage and they're like yeah yeah we she she's there <laughs> You saw something. Apparently, they have a prop of a small statue of the Virgin Mary that they bought off eBay for this one this one play that they had going. And she's crying red tears. And they didn't put the... Like, she didn't come with the red tears. Oh. The red tears started appearing after she was there. And she really freaks out the theater kids. Yeah. And they try to like put her back in storage and they put like crosses on her or around her and the crosses kept falling to the floor. And now they just have this Virgin Mary that keeps crying what looks like blood. And they're like, ah. That's terrifying. <laughs> I know, right? Oh I don't, my. okay. That just seemed like it's so, I had to tell you about that one. Yeah. That's probably the creepiest thing happening. Honestly, yeah, that theater is probably the creepiest thing going on here. Honestly, all the um, negative things are probably the demon attached to that Virgin Mary. Yeah, I would get rid of that. Yeah. Like, sell it back on eBay. Somebody would, like, but, like, put the disclaimer. Somebody would buy it up real quick. There, it, that person will work for BuzzFeed, and then that person will do a <laughs> video about, like, I owned the Virgin Mary crying blood doll for a week. Yeah. I just gave y'all a great idea, BuzzFeed. Come Reach on. Out. I don't know. Not to me, to them. <laughs> so the next one I'm going to cover is the Baird musical. Apparently, during construction, and when I say apparently, I mean, like, it was said, but like, I don't, I don't know if it's true or not. Maybe. Apparently during construction of a wing in the hall, a janitor went missing. And of course, you know, people kind of come up with different stories about it. And so they said his lover murdered him and then put him into the concrete of the uh, construction. That's nice. 
And so that's kind of like the rumor of it. You're um, right. So there was a person soon after this happened, because it was kind of like newly constructed, a grad student named Jay Flippin, who would go on to be a professor of music at the university. And he was, I just love how all of these like music and theater people use the amenities in their chosen building and like in, in their chosen like theater or music hall or something for their own personal needs. <laughs> I, I would never have the confidence myself to do that, but he was living in a trailer that was just really, really hot. And I guess this was during like maybe the summer or something. And so he was sleeping in the Baird music hall in a sleeping bag because they had AC. But oh. he was doing it in secret, so nobody was supposed to know he was there. And keep in mind, this guy went on to be a professor there. I okay. love this energy. <laughs> um, so he heard footsteps one night, got out of his sleeping bag, and he's he's thinking like, oh shoot, I'm getting caught. So he tried to hide, and I think it was one of those situations where wherever he was, you would see the person leave. Okay when they were done. So he, it, he, he waits a while and then nobody leaves. He goes back in. He doesn't see anybody. The only thing he finds, there's a water fountain and in it is the peeled skin of an orange. He said, this is what made him believe in ghosts. I feel like I wouldn't necessarily leap to ghosts. I think I would be like, wait, what happened? Yeah. I would assume that there was some sort of like entrance I didn't know about. And that's why I didn't see them leave. Or like by the time I got there, they had already left. And then I would also be like, who's coming into here in the middle of the night, having a little snacky snack of an orange, leaving their peels behind, you know, like there's a lot bizarre going on there. Mm -hmm. There is, there is. Good point, Zoe. Good point. Well, thank you. So there is, yeah, there is the Camden Carroll Library, and uh, there was a janitor who worked there overnight in the 1970s, and he saw and heard a lot of things that made him scared or concerned enough to call school security. So the security came in, did a sweep, did investigations, but could never find what could be making those odd noises that he would hear. He did see at one point an apparition in the hallway a full image of something but i don't think it was terribly distinct and it did disappear right in front of him so unfortunately they never kind of found what he was looking for but apparently it was enough to bring in the school security team okay and also people feel like they're being watched in the fourth floor stacks so if you go to the camden carroll <laughs> library go to the fourth floor stacks for me and report back okay this is one last story from moorhead state university it is from, I'm going to just read it out, um, because a person named Megan Deal posted this onto ghostvillage.com, and this is about Butler Hall, which was a dorm that got torn down in 2018. So she said, My friend and I are students at Moorhead State University, and we reside in Butler Hall. We're aware that three people have died there and continually haunt the building. However, my friend did not believe it at all, even though we'd been having strange encounters. Well, she and I were having a rare night in. While I was in my second floor room, putting on pajamas and the like, she was in her fourth floor room, listening to a CD on her computer. By the time I came back up, she was in the study room, talking on the phone. When she came back, she told me that she just found out that someone had died in the study room. I read that a couple times, by the way, and I read that as she found out that one of the three people who had died she found out that it was in the study room versus someone just died in the study room. Okay. So I, that's, I think, what we're working with right here. She then got back on the computer and began to play the CD. 
it sounded terrible as if it sounded like it was in a tin can. No, it sounded terrible as if it were skipping very fast, yet we could hear every word. It also sounded like it was in a tin can. She took the CD out and watched it and then put it back in, but it continued. Then she tried playing the music already on her computer, and it did the same thing. So at this point, it's not dealing with um, anything with the CD. It's just the music itself. We started freaking out, and I started yelling, stop stop go away to the ghost then i grabbed a bible that was lying under my friend's bed and yelled i'm gonna read from it and started (laughs) flipping through it then the music stopped on its own my friend tried again and it had gone back to normal needless to say she's a believer now and actually i'm realizing i don't know if that means like a believer in god or believer in ghosts (laughs) i guess it could really be the the way the story ended it could really be either it really could be Well, anyway, I just wanted to share with you that. Honestly, it could also have just been a bad speaker system, but yeah. okay. And honestly, if I was a ghost and somebody was waving a Bible around being like, I'm going to read from this, I'd stop what I was doing too. <laughs> like, okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, subscribe, review, tell a friendo. join our patreon at patreon.com slash haunted hospitality for just three dollars a month you get a new episode with us yes and it comes out on the 13th because we're spooky if you want to see our sources you can head over to hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com or if you have your own spooky story or maybe you went to either of these colleges and had your own spooky encounter there or maybe you're about to go there write to us at hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com or you can slide into our dms yes we are on instagram facebook and tiktok at haunted hospitality we're also on twitter at haunted host we hope to see you there stay, stay spooky, spooky.